Welcome to Tripod, our travel retail themed podcast series in association with the SEVA Group. I'm Martin Moody. I'm Roger Jackson. Roger, great to be with you again. Um, my big talking point over the last few days, I think, was the uh, Heinemann Annual Media Conference. I thought it was a really impressive event held virtually uh, this year because of the, the pandemic, um, but with some really interesting findings brilliantly articulated at the top table by the senior management team led by Max Heinemann. I thought it was one of the uh, most impressive showings and encouraging showings um, that I've seen from a travel retailer in recent times. What did you take out of it? Martin, very similar. I think Max is always very articulate. Um, He's obviously an intelligent guy and I think he's doing a really, really good job as they move to the next generation with the family ownership. I think what I took from it is to see that their their bold ambition of getting back to 75% of revenues this year is great versus 2019, especially when you compare that of having no Chinese uh, and most of Asia, let's be frank at the moment, aren't traveling, um, which given their locations, especially, you know, their exposure in Sydney, um, that is going to, and, you know, they've got business in Asia as well. They've got quite a big business in Asia. Um, I think that's really promising and quite exciting for our industry, actually. I think the fact that they aren't losing money anymore is really, really important. And when I say that, obviously, I'm pleased for them as a family and as a business. But the message it sends for our industry that one of our top five retailers is in that position, I think is really, really important. Because whilst people are travelling again, obviously not at 2019 levels at this point, the important thing is that we've got sustainable business models with our retailers. Um, and I think to hear from one of the top five, uh, to put that out there in the way that Max did um, so transparently, I think it's really important. I think it gives us a lot of um, you know, hope. And I think it gives us a real clear direction that we're, trying, we're getting to the right place. Most people I talk to now, uh, CEOs, um, general managers, vice presidents of, you know, all the retailers that I talk to, they're all talking about mid-2023. Um, and I think Heinemann's comments, Max's uh, comments, suggest that, you know, that they're in the same place. So very positive for the industry. And I think we've all got everything crossed uh, that we're going to be in that situation. Yeah, and let's remember, besides the Chinese, Roger, um, the Heinemann portfolio uh, gets a lot of business historically from the uh, from the Russian traveler, from the Ukrainian traveler, and of course, business in Russia and Ukraine. And that, for the reasons we know, has been taken away as well. So take that out of the equation and the Chinese out of the equation and having a goal like uh, 75%, um, an achievable goal, they're pretty determined about this, uh, I think is good news as you say, so... Martin, so Martin, so one thing I should point out as well, um, Heinemann's support of Ukraine, given their position, fantastic. Big kudos to those guys as well. Uh, I saw that, didn't see too much comment about it, uh, but look, I'm in a position to be able to comment on it and, you know, huge, huge kudos to the Heinemann family for their support they're showing to the Ukraine as well. Yeah, indeed, well said. Well, with no further ado, Roger, we've had some terrific guests on Tripod today, and we're maintaining that tradition uh, very much so today. Shall we bring in our special guest? I think we should, yeah. Let's bring him in. 
So this episode's special guest is Tim Young, a veteran, youthful veteran, I would point out, of the drinks and travel retail sectors. Tim entered the business way back in 1987 with a UK wine company called Three Choirs. And I say way back because that's the very same year I entered the travel retail world, and that sure feels way back. In the intervening years, Tim has enjoyed a stellar career in both local markets and travel retail with two big multinationals, Seagram, hands up if you remember them, and from 2002 to early 2021 with Brown Foreman. Since then, Tim has set up his own enterprise called Young Spirit Consulting, which is designed to help premium beverage businesses and brands unlock sustainable and meaningful growth. Tim is one of the good guys of the travel retail community. He's universally liked and admired and respected and always willing I think, to help others. Tim Young, welcome to Tripod. Thank you, Martin. Um, it's great to have the opportunity to chat with Roger and yourself this morning. I've been following the Tripod series closely. You, you've had some amazing guests, and, and quite frankly, I feel very honoured to, to be a guest myself. Well, we are honoured to have you with us, Tim, especially as... Offline, we learned that you're a little croaky today because you are, you've had a nasty dose of that horrible virus that's been following our world around and our channel around and doing its best to wreck it for the past 27 months. Well, we're glad to know that hasn't wrecked you and you're, you're coming right. So thanks for being so historical and being with us today. And I'm going to hand over to my fellow co-host, Roger Jackson. Hi, Tim. Great to see you. Hi, Roger. I was just saying to Martin before we actually uh, went live, um, we haven't actually known, he asked me how long I'd known you, Tim, and I said, actually, whilst I've known of you many years, over a decade, I've only really got to know you properly in the last two or three years when we've obviously been working together. So um, it, I said to Martin, it's one of my big regrets. We didn't know each other um, before, but obviously great. We can now uh, hopefully spend many years ahead. Um, talking about the years, I guess, where did it all start for you? We always go back to early life. Who were your key influences, you know, and where it all started? So take us back to where it all started, if that's okay, Tim. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things that I would say. First of all, it was sort of growing up. I grew up in um, a, ta- a city called Gloucester in the, in the west of England. Um, was really lucky, had a great, great childhood. My father worked for British British Rail at the time. And he got he was he got free rail tickets. So every time we went off on holiday, um, we always went by train. And he um, he loved planning. He loved um, spending a big part of the year just planning our summer holiday. And um, you know, we went off all over Europe. Um, most of the time involved sleeping on a train to get somewhere. And it really sort of installed I love to travel um, and it's sort of remarkable when I think about it, but I just went everywhere by train and it wasn't actually until I was 25, believe it or not, 25 was the first time I got on an aeroplane, uh, which is, I tell my kids that these days, they can't believe it. Um, but, but obviously that <laughs> from 25 onwards, then it was sort of nonstop. Um, so that was a really so that that then is still my love for travel. Um, I spent many um, summer holiday interrailing across Europe, um, again obviously by train, um, and um, 
Yeah, I um, so so that there was that sort of moment. I think the next bit, if I could, was sort of just the the university days. I've sort of always had a philosophy, which is um, enjoy what you do, uh, do do what you enjoy. And uh, at school, I really enjoyed geography, um, and I went off to university and I did a geography degree, which. Um, sort of, I guess you could say, sort of left my options open about what to do. Um, during my my summer holidays and Christmas breaks, I would worked at Obdins, um, a wine merchants in, in the UK, who um, coincidentally were, were owned by Seagram. I didn't, didn't know that at the time when I was working for them. And that, that sort of instilled a bit of a love for wine and, and spirits, um, for me, and um, so I guess combined with my geography degree, my, my thesis I wrote on uh, why vineyards were located where they were in England, and that gave me some contacts into um, into, into the English vineyard um, community. Um, I, I had a choice basically. I, I either could have become a, a statistician working for the UK government, or I was offered a job at Three Choirs Vineyard, the vineyard you mentioned, yeah. <laughs> Martin, uh, as a sales and marketing manager. And it's funny, isn't it, how you get these, these two different roads that open yeah. up in front of you, sometimes more than two roads. And I had to make a choice. And um, who knows where the statistician job would, would have taken me, but I'd, I can pretty much guarantee it wouldn't have been as fun as the uh, the wine and spirit road that I, that I went down. And I guess more than you know, thirty years in wines and spirits, as you said, Tim. What would you say were the one or two biggest highlights of that journey? What are the standout memories? Yeah, there are so so many, <laughs> Roger. I mean, I feel very blessed um, that I have had so many. Memories, you know, working um, for 13 years for for Seagram, and then 19 years for Brown Foreman. Sometimes we sort of think about that. It's it's hard to know where. Not you. It's not hard to know where to start. It's hard to know where to stop. <laughs> and uh, isn't that wonderful? I I um you know I look back to my my early days and um that you know at Seagram. Um, I joined in 1990, um, and I spent 13 really happy years there, um, 11 in the UK domestic market. Probably a sort of standout for me there was I had a role where I was looking after um, leading the, the UK on-premise sales team, and um, used to really enjoy, really, really enjoy going out for a day with one of the team calling on, on pubs. We, we were working on brands like Martel, Captain Morgan, the Glenlivet, some really wonderful big brands in the UK. Um, and we would go into working men's clubs. And, uh, you know, I would be there suited and booted because that was what you needed to, to look like and wear in those times. And I think, you know, it's the classic example. You'd walk into a working men's club in Liverpool and everybody would look at you because they thought you were from the police. Um, so we, we had some fun, um, 
and we had some good successes. Um, but I always had sort of this real, um, you know, after uh, 11 years in the domestic market, I, you know, combined with my love of travel, I had this sort of urge to sort of see how could I, how could I get an international role? How could I move beyond the UK borders? And I'd seen, I sort of heard about this, uh, this thing called duty-free and travel retail, but didn't quite know what it was. It sounded really good. You know, you, great opportunity, go to airports around the world, talk to a few people, look very glamorous. And um, I had a couple of attempts actually at, at moving into duty-free. Um, I think it was my, yeah, it was on my second attempt that I was offered a role um, working with, with Mike Hill um, and Dan Daly at the time in, in Seagram. And um, it, it was a short spell before um, Seagram disbanded, but it was a really good couple of years, um, really sort of focusing on Europe. It was just after abolition, <laughs> Martin. I, I, I remember at the time, one of the first things I did as I, you know, before the interview was I was sort of like scouring the, the trade press, <laughs> trying to figure out what was going on because it was quite an, you know, quite an, an unknown area for me at the time. Um, yeah, there's abolition of duty-free where we're sort of in those stages of trying to figure out what that, you know, I, I wasn't, I came in slightly after that because it was 2000, but it was sort of trying to figure out pricing and, you know, you're going through Heathrow and you had green tickets and blue tickets and you know, what brands went, went on which, <laughs> which tickets so that, you know, who could buy what. So there was a lot of education, a lot of trying to um, understand what was, what was happening. Um, but yeah, there were fantastic. Uh, that was a fantastic opportunity to be, to be working in the channel. And, and then it, it, it went from there. Yeah, I, I remember those days well, and, and, and you've spoken about some great names in the business. Dan Daly, of course, he was, you know, he was a powerhouse in the business running, running Seagram. They were hugely influential. Um, and Dan Sweeten, I think it was at the Carlton or it might have been the Majestic every year, you'll remember. I mean, he had the who's who of the industry every year there in, in Cannes. Um, and then, of course, it seemed like the end of the world, didn't it? Uh, intra-EU abolition, how the heck uh, is, is our industry going to adapt? Um, but it did. It changed a lot of things, um, but it also changed some things for the better. And it did show that there was plenty of life in, in what came to, I suppose, Tim, around that term, that uh, came to be known as travel retail. I think that was about the time that term really came into use in our industry. It, it really was, Martin. I was sort of thinking back, you know, I can't recall at the time having, you know, the, it, it sparked a lot of innovation because, yeah. you know, it, it, the industry had to, to adapt. Um, they had to become more creative. We had to become more creative. We had to think about the portfolio differently and you know, what to do, for example, travel retail exclusives. Now, how can you offer something more special to, to the traveler. Um, I think it inspired a lot more creativity in terms of display. Um, I mean, there was some great stuff happening before that. Uh, I remember sort of with Absolute having a big fish tank. I think it was in Heathrow T4. <laughs> that was a great sort of display, display piece that we put in there. But uh, 
Yeah, I think um, it was interesting after that to see how quickly the creativity side really sort of kicked in. And, um, you know, probably for me also thinking back just how important it was, the, you know, the people in the stores and having brand ambassadors explaining to customers, shoppers, what they could buy, um, guiding them. Um, some of those things became so, so critical. And let's roll forward from um, evolution times. And I, I, sorry, it would be remiss of me not to, not to comment on somebody you did mention. Uh, may he rest in peace. That was Mike Hill, who, uh, yeah. who, who was a good colleague of yours and, and, and did a great job in the channel and, and sadly passed quite recently. Uh, I liked Mike very much. He was a good, good friend of mine. But uh, let's roll forward to uh, this this century and and your new role and your and your new company you went to went to Brown Foreman but you certainly didn't walk away from this channel that you'd come to love to. so uh, maybe pick out some standouts it's hard to sum up 19 years in a few moments isn't it but uh, maybe pick yes. out some, some cherries on the cake for us yeah it's a great cherries on the cake it's a good way of putting it Martin um yeah, 19, again, 19 very happy years at Brown Forward. Uh, some great experiences. Um, 14, 14 years in, in GTR, um, but, but always, always involved really in GTR. I was, I was interested and, in, you know, with my, when I then moved into some domestic roles, travel retail played a big part in, in my, my thinking and what I was doing. Um, I mean, I guess if I sort of thought real cherries on the cake, um, exciting things that I was involved in. One was and, and projects that you would both know really well. Jack's Bar and Grill in, in Dubai Airport. Um, yeah. Working, you know, I was part of a team. It wasn't me at all, but I was working with um, the Brown Foreman team, um, MMI, Emirates Leisure Retail. And for me, that was a real sort of, um, yeah, i never forget. The, that and, and what a brilliant, in my view, outcome we had with a superb brand experience in the, the busiest airport in the world, um, working with great partners. Um, and uh, so, the, yeah, that was a pretty standout. It wasn't the only thing that, that I was able to help with. Um, we, we put a uh, Jack Daniel shopping shop into Las Vegas airport with Nuance and had a standalone store in Houston as well. Mm. Um, so there were some great things that we were able to do from a, um, the brand experience and um, a, um, a retail um, point of view. I think sort of some of the other brand launches as well. They launched um, Jack Daniel's Honey, Jack Daniel's Gold, Jack Daniels Sinatra Select into um, into travel retail, um, and then we're sort of moving on. Yeah, my my experience working in some emerging markets um, in marketing and commercial roles. I had a a year leading in the um, Brownformans India business, which was an awesome opportunity learning about that complex <laughs> but wonderful. Uh, market, which of course is a market where duty free or travel retail, I should say, is really important yep. as well. Um, and then the last four years at Brown Foreman, um, having the privilege to to lead uh, 
Brown Forms Africa business. And um, yeah, that was um, the, the whole continent. Um, again, as I said earlier, not, not forgetting the importance of travel retail. Uh, and Roger knows this really well as well from his Africa experiences. Yeah, lots of opportunities in Africa that are growing to connect with um, travelers, um, whether they're traveling by air or across borders. Um, and yeah, what a, what a wonderful continent to be working in, frankly. Lots of opportunities there. I think, um, Tim, you, you spoke about obviously your roles, um, you spoke about some people, but if you had to pick one or two key influences, I know we spoke about your father um, before we started, uh, but who would you who would you class as maybe one or two influences who really impacted your career and being really great stakeholders for you? Well, if you may indulge me a little bit, Roger, I'll, I'll give you sort of answer that question by giving you the name of one person and a, a more sort of life event, I would call it. That, that influenced me. Um, so not a person, but an event. Uh, and, and um, you know, I think it's really hard to pick out one person when you've worked in an industry with such brilliant people, whether it's people that have been in my team, um, that have been my managers, or, or even, you know, people, people outside of the, the business, you know, uh, customers, suppliers, um, so I, I was sort of thinking, as I sort of reflected in the past about this, unfortunately, it's a, a gentleman also, um, Martin, who unfortunately is no longer with us, um, but somebody who had, did have a profound influence on me, and that was Patrick Moran. And uh, you will remember Patrick, um, you well. of course, really well. Martin, mm-hmm. and I had the privilege of... Um, working with, with Patrick when I joined Brown Foreman. Um, and he taught me a lot. I mean, he, he was a true gentleman, um, full of wisdom, um, knew the, very passionate about the, the travel retail industry. He taught me a lot about the importance of work-life balance. Um, and, you know, not for, you know, very passionate, both very passionate about what we did, but, you know, the importance of, um, especially when you're traveling so much, thinking about what's happening at, at home. Um, he also taught me that it's not um, what you do, but how you do it that's really important. Um, and I sort of knew that, but he, he, he reinforced that with me. And he was a great role model in, in how he, he did things. Um, and, and also, I suppose the other element that I remember very, very fondly is the times that I traveled with him. So I traveled the first time to Hong Kong, New Zealand and Australia with him on a, on a wonderful trip. And he, 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 he lived in Hong Kong. He showed me around. He, um, he, we, we had some fun (laughs) and, and he, he was, he was great at that. So, so I guess. I think about one person and he, he really sort of was an anchor for me in, in travel retail. So we'll, we'll always remember Patrick and yeah, miss, miss his words of wisdom and the opportunity to, 
to pick up the phone and talk to him. Um, the other thing was, yeah, I said it was a, a life event, and I, I won't go into it in too much detail, but unfortunately, a couple of years ago, I had a bad accident. It was in Cape Town. I was there on business, and I, um, I enjoy cycling, and I was with um, my, my distributor, and we were cycling in the Table Mountain range, and I unfortunately fell off the bike I was on very heavily um, and um, cut a long story short, ended up in intensive care in, in a Cape Town or hospital for a, for a week and then another week in hospital. Uh, and it was quite, quite serious. Um, and that was a moment that, that changed me, actually. It changed me because, well, jokingly, I sort of say it changed me because I realized I don't bounce anymore. And uh, yeah, <laughs> hit the, if I fall over, I'm going to hit the ground pretty heavily. So it, it reminded me of um, just how important it is to live life to the full because you never know what's around the corner. Um, but I think it gave me some really important lessons in terms of my business life and my, my, my leadership um, of, of the business. It taught me the importance of vulnerability and um, humility in, in leadership. It, it made me realize what an amazing team of people I had down there. And, and they know who they are. And if they listen to this, I mean, they were incredible. They rallied around. They supported my, my wife and I. Um, and I bounced back and, and I'm fine now, but it was a real sort of changing point for me in terms of reflecting, thinking about myself and what I enjoyed doing, but also realizing, yeah, sometimes as a, as a leader, you don't always need to be seen as the big and strong one. Sometimes humility and uh, vulnerability um, is really important as well. Yeah. Well, Tim, those are extraordinarily strong stories. And it's uh, going back to the first of them, Patrick Moran. Yes, I knew him very well. He, he took me under his wing when, believe it or not, I was a, I was a young journalist. You probably don't imagine I was ever a young journalist, but he was, he was, uh, he was a quintessential gentleman, um, very witty, um, yes. yeah. uh, very, very charming, uh, but he could be quite dangerous company over a bottle or two of red wine. And, uh, I oh, had yes. had a few hangovers to, uh, to tell the tale, but a, but, but, but a great man. Um, and, uh, yeah, very scary experience to to have um, a life-endangering moment or moments as you did it when you're overseas, uh, you know, and many of us in the industry that will resound with because we do travel a lot and we are vulnerable by definition if something uh, goes wrong. And uh, Indeed, it's quite yeah. a story. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it was, Martin. Uh, but as I said, I'm here to tell the story and that's the most important thing. It is indeed. And, uh, well, let's tell a a good bit of the story now, which is um, how you have started up your own company. You're a brave man. It takes 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 a brave man or woman to start a company. It's uh, it, and it takes a lot of luck and uh, good fortune and and blood, sweat, and tests to keep a company going. But you've started your own company. Um, tell us about Young Spirit Consulting. Thank you, Martin. Um, yeah, I set up Young Spirit Consulting. I can't believe it. It was last April. It's been a, been a year. Um, and 
you know, I first of all, I thought all about the name, and um, you know, I thought Young Spirit sounded pretty good, and it sort of represents what I what I'm about. Not not just the pun with my my name, but probably a little bit of my philosophy as well in terms of energy. And um, you, you you were very kind in the beginning, saying mentioning youthful Martin. I don't know if I always feel that, <laughs> but uh, you know. I, I have it in my company name, um, which is which is good. Uh, really, sort of two strands that I really wanted to focus on with with Young Spirit Consulting. One was helping people develop and grow, and the other side was helping brands and businesses grow. From a people side, um, last year I spent three three months training to be an executive coach, and I qualified. And I'm now an accredited executive coach. And I part of that was the realization that I've always really enjoyed helping people um, develop, grow, become better versions of themselves. And I'm really enjoying the executive coaching um, that, that I'm doing. The other side of the business is, is the helping spirit brands develop their business in, in global travel retail and also Africa um, with commercial and marketing support. I, I'm lucky at the moment to be working with two amazing brands. Um, one is um, a brand that you will both know very well, Tito's Vodka. Um, I'm, I'm doing some, some work with Tito's, helping them to develop their business across um, Africa, um, both domestically and, and travel retail. Um, and then the other brand is Equiano Rum. And uh, Martin, thank you, because I know Equiano was featured as the first um, rum, rum in in your new series of, of the Rum Diaries yeah. um, to to really sort of highlight this this amazing category that I think not, not so many people know much about. Um, what, what it, it sort of came about, and I, it's a really, yeah, it, it's fantastic that I had the opportunity with Equiano to partner with Gary Maxwell, another really well-known and respected person in the industry. Gary has his own business called GMAX Travel Retail. So Gary and I have joined forces on, on Equiano. Um, we were in Florida together and um, at, at the... Uh, the IAADFS Summit of the Americas, we had a really positive reaction to the brand yeah. there. Um, for those people who don't know, it's the first blend of African and, and the first rum that's a blend of African and Caribbean rum. Yeah. And um, yeah, and we're, we're really excited about developing that product, uh, that brand in travel retail. Um, I'm always happy to chat with, with brand owners, give advice, and, and see how I might help, of course. Um, there's a couple of other things that you may not, well, I think both of you know that I do a little bit. I, I dabble in writing, Martin, not, not, not that well, I don't think. <laughs> but I, I was um, offered the opportunity to write a, a monthly column in the Global Drinks Intel on emerging market and global travel retail topics. And I've enjoyed that and I'm continuing to do that. Um, the other thing that you, you wouldn't know is that I'm also involved in a startup business at the very early stages. Um, 
working together with seven other, well, there's seven founders. I'm one of them. We, we've called ourselves ROCO Brands. It stands for Royal County Brands because two of our founders are based in Windsor. And um, we're putting together um, or creating our own premium spirit brands, each with a really strong point of difference. Um, not a lot more than I can, that I can say about that at this stage, but just to put it on the radar screen, I'm, I'm very, very hopeful that at some point very soon um, I'll be able to say more and actually show show you both a brand that, that Roco has created. But we're all spirits industry um, people with lots of experience, so sort of we 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 figure that 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 we stand a as good a chance as anyone else. To, to do something so um doing that as well and that's that's really fun uh, i suppose it, yeah it goes back to what what i said earlier you know it's about do, doing what you enjoy and having some fun on the way and um I'm, I'm i'm certainly feel like i've got that in my sort of uh yeah in, in what i'm doing at the moment Oh, great stuff, Tim. I mean, that's that's really good progress since since last April. Fantastic, and some great brands in there. Tito's, and you know, we we do a lot of work with with John McDonald over there, and you know, he he walks and talks the product. He's a kind of evangelist, I think, in our business for for brands. And uh, gosh, he's he is, got yeah. he's he's got energy. And then Gary, of course, you, you, if you if you could bottle Gary's en energy and sell it as a fragrance and spray it over our industry with with double sales overnight he's, he's an amazing absolutely guy. it's fantastic yeah and it's great to be working with i mean the industry is about people um isn't it and uh you know we've mentioned a few people already in in our conversation today but yeah you, you it's a great example that um you know i think is you were you were asking about memories from the past and i think a lot of them evolved revolve around people that I've worked with um, and, and the relationships that have been built. So, yeah, and then John, John is another great example. John, John I remember, we worked together at Seagram as well. So, um, yeah. Well, good, good stuff. Well, I don't know about the journalism. It pays lousy, Tim, but you're being very <laughs> modest. I read your article recently in, um, in Global Drinks and Tell, run by a friend of mine, Alex Smith, and... Uh, you did a great piece on travel retail exclusives and any, anyone oh, who, uh, who's interested in, in, in that concept, um, I recommend that article. Well, Tim, I think um, we've had a fascinating glimpse into your, into your life and, and your love of travel coming out of, of being a, uh, a geography, um, a fan of geography and of trains. So it was always going to head towards a market like ours, I think. So we're going to take you on a bit of travel now. We're going to have some fun. Uh, I'm going to okay. hand over to, to Roger, but you know from watching previous episodes that we, we take all our guests a special treat out to our resident tripod, um, duty-free island, desert island, but with duty-free rights, of course, um, and give them a few creature comforts. So, Roger, shall we, shall we take Tim over to our island? I think he deserves it after the 12 months he's had. Um... <laughs> so you're on the island now, Tim. So welcome to the island. Um, before you get to the island, you can bring one duty-free item with you um, if you've uh, if you need to, because of some of the people you represent. Maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll make it two. Um, 
but what would you bring and, and I guess why? I probably need more than two, <laughs> Roger, because of the guests that I might want to have on the island. Um, but but it's definitely, I mean, I as soon as I go into an airport, the first place I go to is the, um, the liquor store. So it's got to be a really nice bottle, several bottles of, of something really special and um, you know, pre- premium spirit brands, whether, whether, yeah, that, whether, that, I, I, whether that's whiskey, whether it's vodka, rum, cognac. Um, I would, uh, you know, quite frankly, I would, I would wait to see what the retailer has to offer me and, um, and choose there and then. I'm not going to name a brand, but it would definitely be a bottle of premium, something very premium and special. Not a, not a mix of rum, of uh, African and uh, South American? Def- definitely. That would be a go-to. I, I might already have one of those in my bag, though. That's true. Um, so, I, yeah, I w- de- definitely. Um, it could also be Equiano, absolutely. It could also be uh, a really nice bottle of... Um, I mean, Sinatra Select. Hey, I love that brand. Um, that would be a real treat. Um, or it could be a nice bottle of, or it could be a bottle of Tito's. So, um, yeah. Right. I guess to go along with the alcohol you purchased, um, we also offer you some music, either an album or a song. What would you, uh, what would you pick and why? Yeah, I... Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I've, I, there's so many different bands that I like. I think the one that I would go to would be Queen and, and just their greatest hits. Um, it's an album that over the years I've played over and over again, and it doesn't stop putting a smile on my face. And I, I love singing along to it. So, yeah, it would have to be that. Freddie Fang. And I was very lucky to see them at Wembley. Um, oh, wow. So I, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would go for that. I mean, it's sort of, uh, yeah, I could just play it and play it. I love playing it in the car. And uh, I think on an island, it would just put me in the right mood. Great. Um, and then one book or piece of reading to go along with your music and your alcohol that you've uh, that you've bought from Duty Free? Yeah, the book is a, probably would be a bit more serious. Um, and it, it's a book that's really inspired me. Um, and I'd recommend it to any business, business leader. Um, it's a book called Time to Think by Nancy Klein. Um, and it's a lot more of a, a, I would say, coaching-focused book. But it really is, for me, had been sort of quite inspirational in thinking about how to work with people, sort of the, the danger of making assumptions and how limiting they can be and how you can break down those assumptions and free them to create possibilities and find opportunities. So it's a, it's a great book. I, I read it a few times as part of my coaching course and my thinking and continue to dip into it. And um, I can read it again, actually. It's Learn, I always learn something new from it. So, yeah, that would be uh, 
be, be a book that I would take. Good. And then finally from me, I think Martin's then got something very, very nice for you after this. But as in terms of a dinner on the island, you can pick yourself and three guests. It can be historical or living, your choice. Who would you have around the table for a special desert island dinner? Right. Well, I would... Okay. I, I would invite Elton John and he, I'd ask him to bring his piano. Um, I'd invite Freddie Mercury and I'd invite Brandon Flowers from The Killers. Wow. And we would have a damn good sing-song. I was going to say, you just have, would, to free, you have to have a free concert, aren't you, Tiff? <laughs> and and, and I, I would love to hear... First of all, it would be fascinating what they'd all say to one another, but it would be fascinating to hear their stories. And um, not only that, but I think they're brilliant artists. And, 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 it, and I guess the, the sort of thinking there would be, I wouldn't necessarily be looking for something that serious. Um, it would just be to really sort of have some fun, hopefully, and, and have some good music. I think you definitely have that. I think uh, you definitely have that, especially with the alcohol you've picked as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm not so sure you'd want to leave that desert island, uh, Tim, with all, with all that fun and, uh, and, some, and some great spirits and great reading, great music and great company. But leave it, you are going to have to. Um, but it's not going to be that harsh because we are going to take you as our thanks for being on the island and on this program to anywhere in the world. Um, you've got a choice of destination on your bucket list, what would number one be and why? Yeah. I, if I could, yeah, I wish you told me that I could choose two places, Martin, but I know I can only choose one. So I am, I'm going to go for Cape Town. Okay. And I'm going to Cape Town because it holds so many memories, fond memories for me. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful place. I think the people are wonderful, but I also because I just have some great friends there um, that, that mean a lot to me and um, to my wife as well. And, um, yeah, I would... Yeah, I would keep it as simple as that. <laughs> There's other places in the world that I'd be that I that would be very close, but Cape Town would just like top it. Uh, a special place with uh, a special special reason. So uh, yeah, great, absolutely, great choice. Well, Tim, you're our first guest, I must say, who's come on the show with COVID. Roger and I have talked about COVID together with our, with our guests um, throughout every program. And uh, but to, to, to have a live patient in front of us doing rather well, um, I'm happy to say, is quite encouraging for us because, uh, um, you know, so, so, so many of us will run into this damn virus in some way or another. So thanks for being with us today. It's been a, it's been a fun chat. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, I have. It's actually been a great tonic. Uh, I feel... So you know, I, I feel good and um, really enjoyed it. And it's always a pleasure to uh, to see you both. And um, and as I said at the beginning, thank you. I feel very honoured to uh, 
to have been able to to share some of my experiences and um, to talk about my my new business venture with, with both of you. Yeah, thanks, Tim. See you soon. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks, Roger. We wish you really well with uh, Young Spirit Consulting, Tim. Thanks for being on the show and, and take good care. Get well soon. I will. Thanks, Martin. Well, Roger, Tim Young, what a what a nice guy. Uh, what an intelligent guy um, who spoke, I thought, uh, very warmly, sometimes emotionally, very powerfully about, you know, the things that have shaped his life and career. I thought it was a terrific chat. Yeah, it really was. I think, you know, we talk about legacy too easily, I think, um, in the modern day. And Tim's legacy is every single person I speak to about Tim they all say the same thing. Oh, he helped me. He supported me. Oh, he did this for me. He's just one of those guys, Martin. That like, and he's helped me. You know, you know, um, cards on the table. He's helped me as well. And I think he's just one of those people that goes in with pure positive intent into things. And he shared his story about Cape Town, which I'm really glad he did. He shared it with me a few months ago, and I didn't want to ask him to share it on the podcast because obviously it's very personal and he obviously only gave a very brief um, synopsis of you know what happened but you know Tim very touch and go for Tim and for the way he's bounced back from that and the way he is you've seen what he's achieved in his own business within 12 months it's just spectacular so I've not got a bad word to say about Tim nobody has a bad word to say about Tim and he's just one of those really really good guys of our industry um, and even talking about him now brings a smile on my face because he is just a great guy. And, um, you know, it was, it was great to have him on the podcast. It was indeed a great show. Well, we'll look forward to another special guest next time around. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for now, it's Martin Moody signing off. See you next time. See you next week. <laughs>